What up, what up? Let's get into some topics real quick today. First, I want to talk about layers of narcissism and empath, because I think these are super thrown around topics. And so I'd like to dig deeper into them. I'd also like to discuss mental health, the properties of acceptance. And I think we should just round it off with ownership taking ownership. I've talked about quite a few of these things in previous podcasts, but who gives a fuck? Here we are. Let's run them from the current scenarios of present day life. And maybe we'll um, get into some other fun, interesting stuff along the way. All right, cool. Let's go. When I think about acceptance, there's a couple of really spaces in my world where that became really apparent that I had to just... When I refer to the most often is when I was in a really thick part of my relationship with my son's dad and he was really active in his addiction and he was struggling and we were emotionally and like spiritually like miles apart, you know? We weren't staying with each other because I had to kind of get away from the behavior. So I had to leave and like go stay with family, you know? And there was one time where I just remember laying down at my sister's or my aunt's house. I can't remember which. I had to realize that love was about acceptance and that it was necessary for me to accept that if I loved my son's father, I had to allow for him to have the choice and make the choice for himself in those moments about how to manage his life and what he wanted to do. And I had to really accept that because that was what was really loving him was accepting his will to choose, accepting that he's here on his own path, making his own choices. And if I love him, I got to get out of his way and let him make his own choices because I had tried so many different ways to, to get him to change those choices. And so when I think about how important and powerful acceptance is, one of the first things I come to is how I had to overcome really understanding that with my partner at the time and addiction. And I've had to do this kind of similar walkthrough in my mind with family members and addiction. I've had to do this same thing with acceptance with lovers when it comes to moving on and changing direction and having my partner like move on really fast into a brand new relationship. And I'm just single, stunned and single. And you have to practice acceptance. And acceptance really is love. It really is acknowledging that that individual deserves to have whatever they're choosing for themselves because it's their life. And that can be really, really hard because it's really easy to recognize the slippery slopes that come with our ability to self-destruct and our ability to make self-destructive decisions and our ability to allow for a very self-destructive society. My perception is that we're a ill-framed society because we're spiritually underdeveloped. And so the lessons and the stuff I speak about is me trying to convey what I feel like I understand and understand and overstand about spiritual development from my standpoint and from the way that it synchronizes in my life and the way that it synchronizes in my mind with a baseline of gratitude, a baseline of true acknowledgement and awareness that this goes so far beyond my own individual self that I'm just thankful to be here experiencing it with the one 
and having this experience with all of you and knowing that it's not easy, but I choose and want to be here because I like being able to reflect on values like this. So that's where we're at with acceptance. <laughs> Let's see where we go next. I realize that the term narcissist and empath is thrown around a lot. <laughs> I don't think that the terms being thrown around so loosely make them any less factual to the way that society operates. This is a very narcissistic society. Where did the word narcissist come from? It's a Greek word for a dude who liked to look in the fucking mirror all the time. And you can't tell me that looking into your fucking phone all the time isn't like looking into a mirror. This is a very narcissistic society. And if you have a narcissist within you, or if it's a part of you, then you also have an empath. Some people who are extremely self-absorbed and extremely stuck on themselves and really vain can be very intuitive. And some people who are extremely intuitive, really, really sensitive, really like, oh, bleeding heart for every single person they meet can also be extremely fucking vain and full of themselves, extremely stuck on outer appearances, the way that they're keeping up with things, the way that they're showing out and other people are perceiving them. So for me, I think that we really need to stop analyzing things from such a narrow perspective and start really actualizing the understanding and the understanding that polar dynamics exist in all things, Ma masculine, feminine, positive, negative. With polar dynamics also comes a neutral charge and your neutral charge is the ability to observe polar dynamics. And if you can observe it, then you can choose either take the neutral, take the positive, or take the negative. You actually do get an opportunity to decide. And that is very, very, very important to understand. And I like to bring this up because it is really important to me to understand what the narcissist in me does and how it works and what it looks like and which side of that I like to operate on more. How do I have the narcissist within my life show up to the surface and show up to the table? And what does that do for me? And then how do I have the empath show up? And what does that do to me? And then other people would say like, nah, if you have the empath show up, it's still a part of the narcissist. And I just think you're, it's limited. It's limited to perceive that an individual doesn't have the capability or that all individuals aren't both in their own way. An empath is really just someone who's intuitive, someone who can pick up on things, someone who has the ability to feel subtle changes in things, someone who's able to mirror, have mirroring emotional experiences or channeling emotional experiences based off of the energy that they're picking up from the, like, it's so silly to me when we sit back and actually think that anything is separate from anything else. This is the illusion of separation. This plane, this existence, it's the illusion of separation. It's all positive, negative, neutral, whole thing. Up, down, left, right, inner, outer, diagonal, in between, inter, multi, all the dimensions, you know? Like this thing that we operate called waking life as a whole is a perception-based reality that you get to choose which way to look at it. It's like a fucking goosebumps book. 
You get to like pick your own outcome kind of shit by the choices that you make and the things you choose to look at and the ways that you choose to respond and the ways that you choose to take things. If you just walk around taking everything fucking personal, like you think everyone's picking on you or everyone's got something stupid to say about you, that is just a reflection of how you feel about yourself at the end of the day. And so from my standpoint, I like to be really real with myself about the reality of what narcissist empath are and what they look like. And to me, it's like a masculine and feminine energy at its extremes. So take it or leave it. You know, that's my perception on that. Mental health really becomes a big deal when you get into your 30s and the more that I sit back and research and listen and read and learn and just observe the more I acknowledge this to be the facts among the men in my age range among the women in my age range watching us with our families watching us with our children watching us with our spouses watching us single it's a trip to watch the psychology of someone's mental health fluctuate like a muscle and be atrophied, if not built upon, by the time one hits a certain age. Like if you've spent a whole bunch of time coping with your mental health by substances, then by a certain range, those substances are not working anymore and you have to either graduate and change to different substances or you actually have to get sober and heal the whole thing and if if you're making the choice that's the most healthy and the most geared towards equilibrium then you're focused on sobriety like we're not fucking here to do drugs like that's the stupidest shit ever not even to do mushrooms i think mushrooms like considering like between mushrooms and and even weed these are things that grow out of the ground, but they're not meant to be abused. Tobacco's not meant to be abused. Nothing's meant to be fucking abused. And any of us who try to rationalize like, oh, this is natural, it's normal for us to do. Like, no, it's not. This is shit we do when we're fucking bored and when we're depressed. Human beings are naturally productive, curious creatures. And if we're not naturally productive and curious, we're nurturing and we want to stay home and nest and take care of our family and take care of our space. Like, we're not... Um, we're capable of being creatures where boredom takes us down self-destruction patterns. Human beings are creatures that are capable of self-destruction through boredom. Without productivity, human beings will destroy themselves. That's what, that's clearly the fucking case. And that goes with all kinds of things. Technology is just one new added level and layer to that. Fast food is another added level and layer to that. Television as a, as a programming tool is an added layer and level to that. It's recognizing that human beings with boredom will just self-destruct. And we are so fucking prone to suggestion. It's crazy to be this kind of animal. And to like really understand what kind of a fucking petri dish you exist in with a whole bunch of other people who look just like you. And to me, that says something about like the way that we operate and the way that we think and our ability to be so prone to suggestion. And in the meantime, we just don't think about any of it as a collective. Like there's individuals who kind of group and bunch together as little anomalies 
that do think about this and do process this. And that's where you get certain people who study this, whether it's classically or just on their own free time. But the mass majority does not sit around and think about what's being suggested to them. They just go along with whatever the fucking suggestion was. And that just trips me out, G. Mental health becomes about really understanding that about yourself. That you're so prone to fucking suggestion and that it's really important for you to ask questions. And it's really important for you to think critically because that's what helps you with this survival shit in the first place. But more importantly, that's what helps you like help your offspring you know that's what helps you help your children that's what helps you help your family is be able to ask important questions be able to follow through those important answers so mental health becomes i think front and center more and probably physical health too i think that by the late 30s where i'm at now physical health becomes much more of a oh shit that matters oh shit i actually do have to go hit a gym and maybe exercise a little I was asked about one time me just if I like being right or I think I brought up the other day how I like being right and my friend was kind of appalled like dang that's kind of a like narcissistic trait don't you think and I was like no I think it's indignation and I've kind of spoke about this a little bit in the past but I think ownership is really 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 important because it's really important for you to know the shitty parts of yourself as well as you know and own the good parts of yourself. And I think that people want to do that in a way that's self-deprecating rather than do it in a way that's self-improving or self-actualizing. It's a lot easier to stand around and go, yeah, I suck. I know I fucking suck. I know I'm the worst person in the world. I know I'm so fucked off to my family, my friends. And I'm certainly someone who goes through that in my own way and have in the past, but I don't find that to be not nearly as beneficial as evaluating. And then every time I feel like I'm falling off, I just find a way to keep reaffirming and then keep following through with a little more gusto what I actually am doing that is counter to what I believe I'm doing. The, the counter to the lazy procrastinators doubt side of myself that would rather self-sabotage because right now ownership is all about taking responsibility it's all about accountability it's all about integrity and individuals who are really stuck in their trauma really in their past or really just not sure which direction to go have a hard time taking ownership for that space making a decision to get moving in one direction or another. And I perceive that most individuals get to a space in their life where this, this is actually part of the process. I know that I'm in a space right now where I absolutely recognize my self-actualizing ways and self-improvement on so many levels. But there are still quite a few that I have so much work to do on. And I don't even notice all the time until it's three days in and I'm like realizing, oh, that, ooh, yep, behavior changes, necessary. Like, so I don't stand around and perceive to be better, a leader that's just like, oh, I got it all figured out, follow me. I do stand around and perceive that 
my brain is operating at a larger processor, larger capacity. And right now it's valuable to be someone who cares about people and has a capacity to really empathize and understand and stand in a space with them in a real way to help them see their own value. It's also very daunting because most individuals have been so trained not to like themselves and so trained not to take any ownership for the fact that they need to change that. They need to like themselves. They need to give a fuck about that. They're just, this is the way that it is. I don't like myself and this is the way that it is. That shit blows my fucking mind. And I'm, there's some people I feel like I've really been able to have breakthroughs and pour into and help them see like, you need to have a breakthrough, man. Like you're here because there's more to do. And yet there's still plenty of others. I feel like I, you know, I do what I can because I'm in their path, but I don't take responsibility for anyone else's life. Obviously we discussed this already. This comes back to acceptance. but I don't take any additional responsibility for anyone else besides myself because it comes back to what we already discussed earlier, which is acceptance. This is their choice. This is who they want to be. And my choice is to figure out how much room I make for someone who doesn't have any accountability, someone who doesn't have responsibility and how much excuse I make versus dropping knowledge on them and walking away if I have to. And hoping for the fucking best. And so with that being said, you know, I think it's important to understand the difference between taking ownership of something and like beating yourself up about it. Like some people will think that like by beating themselves up and showing like an inexorbitant amount of remorse or guilt or shame, they somehow really thought it through and they're going to change the outcome. And my perception is, is like, nah, Nah, it's, it's an evolved process, much more evolved process to get into. First, I want to thank you for being here. We're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up after this little final closing thoughts that I have. This episode for me was really important to do just to kind of get back in the groove of things but more so to kind of streamline a handful of topics that have come to me I've kind of lost how I'm gonna lay out this podcast I've wanted to do a podcast panel with different people and in order to not have to start up a brand new platform to pull that off I've wanted to keep it consistent with this platform for the Dreaverse but man it's just so whatever so rather than talk about it and make a big stink about it I'm just gonna go with the flow and see how things work out so I do want to thank you for being here and listening all that stuff is always a shock and the support means more to me than you could ever even imagine man because I've been podcasting for so long and I do it because I love it so to be in a place where now I get to do it and people really give me feedback on it it's, it's cool it's cool as hell And one of the other closing thoughts I had for this particular episode was about faith and works. You know, you don't have to do works to validate your faith. You just have to have faith. But faith with works is 
that has charge to it. I've said before in my social media posts that I think faith without works is dead. And I do think there's very much like you absolutely have to have faith. Sometimes that's all that people have. Sometimes they don't feel like there's anything they can do. And I understand that. But what I would call works could be something as simple as a 10 minute chant, as a two minute chant, more or less asceticism, more or less fasting of some sort, finding a small way to exemplify faith with works in the form of sacrifice is the way to do that. And you can just have faith and pray and just have faith and pray. And I think in some cases that's what has to be done because the key is actually in letting go of control. But I do think there's a counter side to that. And I think that's important to address. So how you do your faith with your works is entirely up to you. Of course, you don't have to do faith with works. Um, you can just go with the flow and let it all fall where it may. And you can perceive that everything and anything you do think say has nothing to do with anything. And I would say what you do think say is your works. So try to be mindful that if you're trying to just run on faith and faith alone, then keep what you do think say on the right kind of residuals. It's probably the best way to put that. All right. I'm going to leave that where that is. I felt like it was important to document some aspect of how the way that I wade through these topics and these conversations is exemplifying my faith with the works that I do on a regular basis. And it's weird when you get to a point where you stop allowing people to minimize a level of your power and you start really trying to step into relationships where an individual sees what kind of depth you have going on and supports it and wants to uplift it. And you in the same context want to do the same. And that's where I'm at, which is really, really dope. So finally start walking in a space where because I have said no to so many people who just either use my gifts or minimize them. I am now making room for people who don't see me as just a regular average person that they have to compete with in the everyday game and throws of life. Because I don't see individuals like that. I see individuals like intricate puzzle pieces to something divine and beautiful in the 3D world. And none of us really realize where we fit in, but we do fit in somewhere because the world around us shows us so. It shows us that we have a place. The world within us shows us that we have a place by just existing in order for it to insist on us being here as an individual. All those cells inside your body just insisting that you be here by continuing to do the job functions they were allotted to. Your heartbeat just insisting that you be here. Like, yo, I don't think a lot of people really get to take that perspective and I hope that I can like spread it far and wide because I think it's very valuable to analyze that your heart insists you be here therefore you shall insist to hear what it has to say why not anyway thank you so much for being here thank you so much for listening 
I really appreciated this episode. And I'll catch you next time. Peace.